tap it in. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network and sponsored by the best tasting, easiest drinking, straight out of the can, pre-mixed transfusion on the market for craft cocktails. Got myself Ben, Tyler, Tully, and Kenny One Putt making his return from his short hiatus. We got a fun episode for you today. We'll start with golf from last week. We had three amazing events, the Scottish Open, the Barbasol Championship, and the American Century Championship. The amateur event that you might have caught late in the round on Sunday, a three-hole playoff to crown Tony Romo his third championship there. Absolutely dominant stuff. Then coming up this week, we have the Barracuda Championship on the PGA Tour. The big players will be competing in their first scramble of the year we're losing josh with his broken wrist although he's fully recovered now not quite ready to compete kenny one putt the best putter in the group taking his place we'll talk about what we think we can shoot and what do we think is going to win this scramble and then what we've all been waiting for it is open week the open championship the 150th edition and the 30th time that we playing it at the greatest golf course in the world the old course at st andrews we'll unpack some of the history of the open some of the most infamous winners we'll talk about about the course and why its history is so renowned in golf. We'll go around the room. We'll make some picks. We'll tell you what to expect this week and what might be the most important major championship of our lifetimes. Thanks for being here and let's have a great episode. Four craft cocktails, the best tasting and easiest drinking transfusion on the market. Whether you're on the course, at a tailgate, or enjoying a Friday night with your friends, you'll find the pre-mixed 7% four-craft transfusion just what you're looking for to mix things up. With a variety of other products, including a Bloody Mary, ranch water, and a coming this summer John Daly, it's the go-to beverage for the big players. A family-owned, all-natural, gluten-free drinking option that has the guys playing their best and feeling even better. You can find all their retail locations at 4craftcocktails.com. That's F-O-R-E, craftcocktails.com. And make sure to mention to your local beer shop and golf course that we need these things everywhere. You may have heard of their shaving cream, but you probably didn't watch their golf tournament. The Barbasol Championship finished up this past week, and actually in a, a pretty exciting fashion, an event none of us really ever tune into. It's one of those off events as we hosted the, the Scottish Open of the DP World Tour this week, uh, but a pretty good finish. Tell you, let's talk about the two guys that were kind of in contention. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you only really watch this to kind of see who's going to get that, you know, one of those last spots into the Open, and we actually ended up coming down to the wire here. It was a big old birdie fest, and it came down to Trey Mullinax and Kevin Streelman, and they're both, you know, going at 18, 24 under, which is an absurd score for one. Wow, that's actually crazy. And they both, you know, are in right in the middle of the fairway, whatever, have Streelman, I think, hits first, puts it to like nine feet or something like that. And then Molinax comes up again, and then he, he's like 15 feet away. Putts first, drains the putt. Huge fist just putt, like, too. Like, just so excited, because like, obviously I mean, they he's know. at the very least he's got a playoff to yeah. get into the open. And then, you know, Streelman ends up missing it. But it was actually a pretty exciting, like, 
last couple holes to watch when it was like, huh, I, I wasn't going to tune in, but when I saw what was happening, I, got, I did go ahead and, you know, kind of throw that on the TV for a bit. Yeah, so these guys were pretty close, like the whole back nine. And I so Streelman puts it in the bunker, I think, on the par three 16th, makes bogey, surprisingly, but then birdie 17, back tied with Mullinex. They're on to 18, all tied up, birdie to win, and they both hit the green with inside 15 feet. I mean, for an event that doesn't garner a huge crowd, it really couldn't have asked for a much better finish. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, we don't. No one really wanted to watch it, but it at least gave you something to look look at there at the end of the day. And so Trey Mullinex gets his birth into the 150th Open at St Andrews. Like, what a dream! Yeah, it's, it was it was pretty big stuff for him. Obviously, you could see the emotion. So excited to see if he can back it up here this week. Okay, and then another event wrapping up this past Sunday, the American Century Championship. I think an event that literally any and all golf fans can watch. You got good golf. You got a good 25% of the players are like solid players. You have some amazing celebrities, athletes. They're playing Reno. The course is beautiful. The backdrop of the mountains and the the lake are unbelievable. And uh, Tony Romo takes home his third title. I mean, this guy, I know he's good. We've heard about him being in like state qualifiers for the U.S. Open and stuff like that. But there are really good competitors in this event. Tony Romo shoots 68 and kind of comes from behind on the final day. Amazing golf from him. Yeah, it was, it, this is always a fun event to see. This one where you always see like Steph Curry's just like shooting threes out there, all that kind of fun stuff. But I, I love seeing our boy Fat Perez running around out there, you know, interacting <laughs> yep. with cold yeah. cuts and uh, caddying for Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, cold cuts was caddying for Josh Allen. So I thought that was kind of fun. And it's just. It's that like fun. It's almost feels like a buddy's golf trip kind of thing, but like with a lot higher quality golf. It was just like peak Fat Perez too. Like didn't have shit to do this weekend. I'm not even sure he actually played any golf. He just got hammered. Like every yeah. night, there's just videos of him like riding skateboards and shit around, <laughs> like those little scooters. And then he's just out on the course, like trying to give Joey uh, Joey Cold Cuts a fucking cracker. Yeah, he's like, I got a cracker for you. <laughs> and then, but then Cold Cuts and like Josh Allen are going over and just like giving him Corona. Yes, double so, stacking. Yeah, it's great. Giving who Coronas? Roma Coronas? I know he likes a couple of those. That, that's true. He, I forgot he's too many. He's a Corona guy. No, that didn't even come off. Yeah, because yeah, Romo has those commercials where you call like the Corona hotline. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who finished last in this tournament? Uh, Not Chuck. Chuck was playing pretty good. RG3. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? That's yeah. kind of funny. I think Trotty actually came out and said something yeah. about wanting to work with Wait. him and like try to help him like get better because he thinks he actually has like potential. Listen to this. RG3 finished just behind Larry the Cable Guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> got some work That's like to, an invite for life. For got him. some work to do on that one. It's funny. I was watching Chuck. Chuck, actually, I think it was like, I swear they were going to say like the first time in history, he had a birdie putt on a par five. He hit like a hybrid from like 200 plus yards and got it on the green, and he three putted for par. He was he, he had like his first ever eagle putt, his first ever like makeable birdie putt, and then he makes par. <laughs> the, the list of like athletes on this uh, in this term is actually incredible. It'd be fun exercise to like rank the top five like Baseball players, basketball, football. I mean, you could have an all-star squad of all these all these sports. Yeah, it was fun when we were golfing over the weekend. Uh, we Ben and I were just sitting there reading through the leaderboard, and I think we went through like thirty straight guys that were like athletes back in like our youth. That's like, oh, yeah. we recognize him. Oh, we recognize him. We right. went through literally thirty straight. I was like, just rambling them like, off. Great people. That's, I just expected like at least one to come up where I'm like, oh, that's like some basketball player my dad would know or something. Like, no, literally every single yeah. one we knew well. It's all huge names. Yeah, and it's like it's it's right in our wheelhouse because these guys are all get like retired or older in their sport and basically like ready to kind of play some golf. Yeah, these guys were just vibing hard too. There was one group that I was really enjoying. It was Justin Timberlake, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. It's like that was the most electric group. And there was one hole. Yeah, Kelsey makes a forty footer. He's dancing on the green. Mahomes follows it up with a twenty footer. You got Justin Timberlake dancing around the hole. They're they're worth a billion dollars too. Between unbelievable group, and these guys are just loving it the whole time. It's 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 way better than all of those like the challenge things that we see but it's that same kind of like fun vibe that you're kind of looking for i think it, 
if they can somehow capture this a little bit better in those events, I think they'd be honest. It's like, this is the funny thing to me. It was like, I really wanted to watch this, but I couldn't really find it anywhere. It's like, I'm flipping around and we were kind of talking bad about the Barbasol earlier. It's like, I ended up finding the Barbasol on the golf channel. I was like, I don't want to watch this. I'm looking for the American century. (laughs) Well, it's just, I think it speaks to like, um, I mean, there's probably, there's like almost four or five different things you could watch like week to week, whether these challenges or the secondary stuff or the DP world tour, I mean, or live. It's like, there's just, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like there's a lot of competition, not just PGA and live, but all these other, like, you know, competition for our kind of, you know, viewing time. It's really cool. I kind of really agree with that. I think that that's one thing Liv's got going for it is, like, it's just something else to watch. I'm not sure they're going to make enough money with how much they're putting out. But, yeah, yeah like, yeah. A, a week like this makes you realize how nice it is to have a good DP world, a good PGA, and then something else to watch, too. Yeah. And the one thing we didn't talk about, so Romo wins in a two-hole playoff against Mark Mulder, famous pitcher. Oh, yeah. What he, what was he? Uh, he was a... Uh, a- A's and Braves, A's right? and a, no, A's and Cardinals. Cardinals? Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who'd he play for? Where'd he go to college? <laughs> and then start. And 30 minutes later, we'd name his college. <laughs> NHL stars forward Joe Pilevsky. It was a really great playoff. I think Mark Mulder puts it in the water on the second hole. Pilevsky makes birdie with Romo. But Romo birdied that 18th hole, which he played his last hole in regulation, and then two more playoff holes. He birdied it three straight times, so he deserved, he deserved the title there. And his third one, so just complete dominance. And then our final event from this weekend, the Scottish Open, the prequel to the Open. Uh, they play a course that plays identical to the Lynx Golf you're going to see this week. Xander Shoffley takes home another title. I mean, this guy just keeps on winning. I think we haven't talked about him very much. Um, but, you know, Scotty Scheffler's kind of been on everyone's mind, but Xander's playing some of the best golf in the world, and this is a really prestigious event to take down. And we're heading into Open Week. Are you, what are you guys' thoughts on Xander, and did you like the tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I was listening to some of the broadcasts and everything, and they were talking about this is actually the strongest feel like that tournament has had in, like, years, you know, with that whole, like, new, like, it, partnership basically between uh, the PGA and the DP World Tour. So it's definitely nothing to scoff at here. You know, he beat out a lot of names you're going to see at the top of the leaderboard or at least top of the odds board, you know, going into the Open next week. So I think it's definitely, you know, worth noting you know, it's he's won the last two PGA Tour events, and you know, that's kind of what we saw with Scotty. He was, you know, super hot going into uh, the Masters when he won that. So maybe a kind of a similar situation. A guy that you know is maybe a little more conservative in terms of like personality wise. That you know maybe he's just kind of kind of set his career on fire. I mean, anytime you can win an Open of an entire country, you you know you should be happy about. <laughs> and that's it. what I was thinking. Is like it, it's hard to compare, but imagine having the U.S. Open before the Masters. I think that's kind of what it's like the, the the Scottish Open before the Open Championship every year, and I think that we can't really put into magnitude like what what a crazy two weeks it is for Scottish golf. Yeah, and all the, I mean, all the guys you know like following them on Instagram and social media like seemed like they were just having a great time over there playing like three or four different courses that oh, they yeah. played, especially like all these like someone like Scott or these younger crop of guys that are like maybe just now becoming like more comfortable and with like you know their stature and traveling. It, it seemed like they were all having a great time. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting like point because. Uh, you, in terms of how much this win maybe means is because there were a lot of guys that were out there like not playing the course they were at for the Scottish Open, but playing other courses and just in general, like almost having like a little buddy strip. Like we saw, you know, those spring break boys out there mm-hmm. of, you know, Jordan, Ricky and JT, and they were just out there drinking Guinnesses with the crowds, all that kind of stuff, not at this course. So and I'm kind of curious, like, where everyone's mindset was during this week. It's like, what a freaking month of golf, man. These guys go over, they play in this, like, McManus Pro-Am that, like, yeah. literally everyone loves. Also won by Xander. Right. Like, a pretty fun event. Like, you know, it's like the best ball format. You get to meet a ton of celebrities. And then when that finishes, they go and play some of the most well-renowned courses in the world in Ireland, Scotland, England. Then they go play in this event, make the cut or don't make the cut. Then they probably go out and find a couple other courses. Max Homa, actually, after his Friday round, made the cut, but he got off really early. So he's off, like, before noon. 
his when he finishes round before noon. So he goes and plays like another famous. I think he went and played Bally Bunyan or something really? like that. Like unbelievable. Yeah. Like guys just love golf, and it's it's a crazy month hiatus they and get it's from that stuff they the don't US. see. Yeah. Maybe even more of a tradition. They can call it like the Irish swing, the Shamrock Swing, or something. Oh, like I love that. that. Yeah. This wasn't Scotland, yeah. but well, you know, it's all green and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's all green and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Port Rush is back in like 2025 or something like that. I think so. Yeah. You, can call it, you can call it the Shamrock Swing. Then. Yeah, I'm brand that was like, just I like I own. love the name. Yeah. Just I didn't write that down or anything either. It's off the fly. That was good. I'm proud of you. But there was definitely some notable performances there like we had jordan at t10 cam smith t10 fitzpatrick t6 um then you also had some names you wouldn't expect missing the cut scotty colin wills out torres justin thomas at plus 10 missing the cut i'm curious you know how where these guys heads are at going in you know there's some people maybe they have a lot of confidence or maybe that we're looking more you know too much ahead into the next week i'm i don't know what they're feeling it's funny, I was watching Scotty a little bit because he was on my DraftKings team, and I'm like, Scotty, if you can just, like, make the cut, I think I'm going to win this week. So I'm watching him on the back nine. I think he's on, like, hole 14. He needs to go, like, you know, I think one under into the clubhouse to probably make the cut, which was four over. He finishes five over. But it's this 415-yard par four with just, like, cliffs and, like, ocean to the left. And any ball that gets left side of the fairway is probably going to bounce into the gorse. And he just comes up, pumps driver, gets to the front of the green. And I was like, man, Scotty, like, you could have been doing that all week. But he's just, like, only taking the chances when he knows he's got a cut to make. Do yeah. you think he's, like, um, Scotty's kind of letting up a little bit? Like, he's losing a little bit of focus? I mean, I know he's a world-class golfer. We've been saying he's one of the best in the world. Obviously, he is. But it seems like he's had some, you know, he's been hitting some bumps in the road the last, you know, like, last month or so. I was kind of thinking that. But then, like, you also look back, and he's like, he was T2 at the U.S. Open. Yeah, like, so I guess you're right. when when it matters, <laughs> like he's true. still been up there, so it's kind of hard yeah. to see the next Kepka just just showing just, up just showing majors. up in majors. Maybe who knows? I think he's a little more uh, even keeled than Ke- uh, Kepka, but we'll see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be pretty interested to see what Scotty does this week because watching him, obviously injured in my DraftKings lineup, Scotty putted really bad, and it's not like him to putt bad. He's, in my opinion, one of the better short game putters in the world, but he putted atrociously to shoot five over. So I know the heading into St Andrews this week, I've heard that classically the guy that wins this usually puts some of the best in the field. So Scotty's gonna really need to turn well, it around. Let me ask you this. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to this, but does he have a lot? of experience in, you know playing you know links golf or, or that's you know that style of golf over well there. i mean it's your favorite quote texas wins brother i mean he grew up in yeah. some of the strongest wins in america to play golf in and yeah, yeah. i think scotty's one of the best right. flighters yeah. of the golf ball. i think jt gets his credit for moving the ball left to right but man scotty can change his trajectory he could hit a nine iron like five feet off the ground if he wanted to that being said you know the, the links golf even you know with those texas wins versus that i think it's still a lot a lot different how that, that's going to play Great. We'll be back in a second to talk about events coming up this week. We got Open Championship, Barracuda, and a scramble for the boys. The old course at St. Andrews, I think for me, I think for a lot of people, is the most important course in the world of golf, the history of golf. We have the 150th installation of the Open Championship this week, the 30th time they're playing at St. Andrews. 
We have an unbelievable field. Uh, St. Andrews has hosted this event more than any other club. Surprisingly, the, the course that's had its second most is Prestwick Golf Club. Uh, they were the one to host the first 12 Open Championships back in the, the late 1800s. But there hasn't been a tour or an Open Championships there in 97 years. And you kind of look into why that happened, and it's a little vague. Who knows what was happening back then? I think maybe a little bit to like a lack of room for spectators and stuff like that, but a pretty interesting fact there. So to start things off, I think I wanted to talk about, I don't know if you know, because I didn't know, like who's won the most Open Championships? Who are the most famous people in the history of the Open? Uh, number one, a guy that we covered a couple weeks ago when we talked about the, the 1913 U.S. Open at the Country Club, and Harry Varden, although that's not his most famous moment. He's much more famous for his, US, his Open Championships wins. He won six of them. We just know him for the Francis we met story. Um, Tom Watson, uh, another notable guy at five, five, five opens. Five so yeah. wow. I think a guy that doesn't get enough uh, credit in the conversation of like greatest golfers ever to live. I don't think he's the best, but he doesn't really get brought up in the same conversation with Jack and Arnie and Player and Tiger Woods. But a guy had 70 wins, eight majors and, and five, five opens. Five is eight majors. Wow. Yeah. yeah pretty impressive stuff. And then looking at uh, four wins, we had Walter Hagen, a great American golfer, won them between 1922 and 1929. And then Tom Morris Sr. and Tom Morris Jr., the, the father and the, his son of golf, right? Guys that he created, St. Andrews created the links. It was rigged. It was rigged. Yeah, I mean, they were, the, were kind of like the first guys to come <laughs> uh, when it became like amateurs could compete uh, after the first one. Uh, these guys are, you know, so much history in golf. They both have four. Uh, Tom Morris, actually uh, the father of modern golf, he designed 76 golf courses across the UK and Ireland. And then uh, four of the current nine open Rota courses were designed by him. So just like, I think we all understand how important old Tom Morris is, but that kind of stat makes it really sink in. And then other notable guys, Bobby Jones, Gary Player, Nick Faldo, Seve Ballesteros, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, all at three. So Tiger could jump into some crazy elite company this week if he gets to his fourth win, joining just maybe five or six golfers that have ever won four or more. Yeah, it's this tournament is really cool because like it kind of started almost as like a guy's drunk in a bar, be like, who's the best golfer? I was kind of reading up about it. The guy that everyone said was the best, I think his name was, yeah, it was Alan Robertson. He died in 19, or 1859, and then they were all basically sitting around the pub trying to figure out who was best, and everyone Seems thought bad. it was going to be Tom Morris senior old Tom, but you know, they put this together. He doesn't end up winning, but they were just like, yeah, well, I guess we'll get out there. And it was like 12 guys going out on at Presswick and they're just like, all right, we're going to figure out who wins. And they only played 12 holes and they just kind of went out there and that was it. And does anybody know what the, what the winner received, what the, what the trophy was? Uh, a goat. <laughs> I wish it was a goat. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but it was a, it was like a WWE belt. Yeah, like oh it was like a full on just a huge belt, belt that they had. It's the such an iconic picture of like young Tom Morris wearing that belt because I think he, yeah. you know, he won it in, in his dad's kind of shadow, right? But it's like an amazing picture of him sitting there. Young Tom Morris basically ended the Open, right? At one point, so like the rule with the belt was if anyone wins it three times in a row, they just get to keep the belt forever. Mm -hmm. And Tom, young Tom Morris won the like I think it was like a seven, eight, or eight, nine, and ten in a row, and then they just didn't have an eleventh at that point. They just skipped a year because they didn't know what to do. Yeah, and then they then they got the Clara Jug, and then naturally, Young Tom Morris just wins the first one of the Clara Jug. Yeah, too. Young Tom Morris had so much drip, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I, I keep telling you this, but you got to watch it. Tommy's Honor is a really amazing movie that talks about like uh, yeah. where. Old, so Alan Robinson, what was the guy's name? Alan Robertson. Yeah, he was a famously like the teacher to old Tom Morris, and that's where Tom Morris got all of his course design and swing, you know, golf knowledge is from Alan Robertson. 
All right, so let's turn the clock forward. We're looking at the 30th installation here at St. Andrews. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the course and uh, some of the players. Well, I think one thing one thing I think is interesting is that this, like, putting it in context is, that, you know, the, as the 150th, like, we've had the 50th Masters, the 100th U.S. Open, and now the 150th Open. And, like, this kind of it, – it, it, a lot of the conversations we've been having in the last few weeks about, like, you know, integrity and authenticity in the game, it seems like this is the perfect timing for people like Rory and JT and Tiger that have been kind of upholding this, like, this idea about, like, you know, standing up for what you believe in and this idea of authenticity of the PGA Tour. Like, this is the perfect, perfect timing for this event to be happening. And it's, like, I think everyone finally realizes, like, the fraternity of golf and some of the pictures we saw today of all the golfers, all the past champions, and, like, it really put into perspective for me, like, how... Uh, not to make this about live, I don't want to make it about live, but how different, like how important this feels now in comparison to some of the stuff we've been talking about the last month that yeah. just feels very surface level. So it does feel really fitting that of all places for this to happen, the last major of the year with all this other stuff going on, that it would be at St. Andrews, what they call the home of golf. And it has weight to it. It feels it, like it has a real weight it to does. it. It does. And like, I've, I'm on the record as saying if I was going to win any major, if I could, it'd be the Masters. But I think the only one that can even remote would be winning the Open at St. Andrews. And it just feels like, you know, I think you were saying there's a, you know, these big number, these big anniversaries yeah. for the majors, it always seems to be a big name that ends up winning. It, it, it has to, it's something big is going to happen. That's just like a fun fact. I think it was like the 50th Masters, like Jack won, the 100th US Open, Tiger won. And it seems like the 150th Open, like it's going to be kind of etched in stone that someone that's a legend now might, you know, might take the take the crown. So we can talk about the course and the players, but I think just like setting the stage about how important this is. It just feels like there's so much weight to it. And it's exciting. It really is. Well, I think too, when you talk about the history of golf and like how like, you know, important it is to why we love the game. You think about like, I, obviously I don't want to talk about live either. I think live is not going to be talked about much at all this week. And tiger asked yeah, a question I, I, in his presser. And that's probably yeah. the only reason we're talking about it. But tiger makes comments about how it's like, the guys are just getting paid to be out there. So like, where's like the, you know, just when your back starts hurting and you're chipping, you know, where's that extra extra hour of practice Incentive, that these guys yeah. put in to really grind out? It's like this is the ultimate. Like you're going to see the golf this week is going to be absolute carnage. They're going to shoot well, but it's going to be like you're going to see guys go from making birdie one day to nine the next day. It's the ultimate example of guys grinding it out, wanting to win something that just feels way bigger than themselves. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I so we've heard like um, some stuff about the course this week. It seems like conditions are going to be pretty favorable. I mean, it's fairly windy. benign. Yeah, it's windy, but I, doesn't it? It seems like the weather is you know supposed to kind of line up for these guys, right? Yeah, they really haven't actually like record highs. They like the in historical high on Sunday. I think it was like eighty seven degrees or something in Scotland. So it's just it's great for our boy Tiger Woods, but it's just it, it's all playing really firm and fast, is what everyone's saying. I mean, I think Ben, you're the only one that's actually played overseas there not uh, not at st andrews by these kind of courses like how do they how do these play versus you know what we used to seeing can you talk about that a little bit well, i mean i think it pretty much just anytime you're inside 100 yards like it's just a completely different ball game right it's just like you're getting that ball on the ground so fast like i don't know how many i certainly don't have like a bump on bump and run eight iron from 70 yards i don't know about you guys but like around the greens and stuff like that surely but i saw a video of tiger literally like 60 70 yards out on a par four just hitting like bump eight irons i mean this course is going to play incredibly fast incredibly firm i think a lot of these guys admittedly in their press conferences are like almost scared with like what's going to happen. They're going to, they're going to make some 400 yard par fours look crazy small, but then they're going to hit some chip shots. that are going to run 40, 40 yards over the green because they just can't stop them. Yeah. There's definitely been a lot of talk about, I think it was 
Brandle is like all about the, oh, it's the bombers that are going to win. It has to be the, the big hitters. They always do so well here. And then I forget who the other guy was that we were watching before this. Oh, McGinley. Yeah. McGinley saying like, yeah, but it's never been this fast. Like I think the bombers and those long hitters might actually struggle because they'll land it and try to run it up, but it's just faster than you would even anticipate. It's just going to, like you said, just go way over. And I think it'll be really interesting. I do think that it's the players that – have experience at this course that will really maybe perform better because they are more familiar with those kind of bump and runs, those, you know, kind of playing it a little more creatively rather than overpowering it. It's just wild to me that, like, golf looks so much easier, like, when there's no trees in your way, but then it's, so, <laughs> then it's actually so hard. Well, I think Lynx golf, too, for anyone that's, like, never really played a true Lynx course, I've only got to do it once, but it's amazing how you can hit your ball, you know, 30 yards off the center of the fairway and and it looks like you're in the rough but the rough there on TV looks a lot worse than it actually is like you always find your ball and sure sometimes when you hit it like the grass will like wrap around the hosel and you end up pulling it a little bit but it's not until you really get you know 40 50 yards off the middle of the fairway that you start getting into like the gorse where you can't find your ball or just have to punch out sideways I mean you know St. Andrews is famous for it like it's pot bunkers too so these guys are going to be hitting it so far that the ball's going to be on the ground so long that they're going to have to start competing with bunkers that they never would have imagined, right? Like certain drivable par fours or par fours that weren't drivable that just have like, you know, one or two bunkers up kind of by the green that if you get in them and you're more than 100 yards away from the green, you can't even go at the green. One, one thing we've been talking about a lot, um, that you guys have been talking about a lot, is like how courses have been changed, changed and redesigned a lot in the U.S. And like, you know, guys, congressional, there's like major changes happening. Has there really been that many changes at St. Andrews, I mean, I'm sure they do minor alterations to the to tee boxes, but is has it changed much in you know in the last 50 years, 100 years? I think from what I read is that they, they have definitely done renovations, but you're right, it's mostly is those tee boxes, and it's just kind of like moving it a little bit back so it's not like really like overpowering kind of thing. But I think it like it still plays like 7,000 yards or something like that. Well, it's still very short, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. But it's it's not not short, but it's not. Right, right, super, right. super long. It's not what we're maybe used to seeing in major championships, but it's also the Open's known to be a completely different, you know, major championship style reading, of golf, been, especially this. Well, I've been reading some articles this week about, like, people are based, and it's kind of, well, it's kind of bullshit, but they're like, you know, is St. Andrews outdated for the modern game? And there's, like, hot takes. Basically, they're asking people, impressors like Jack, of, like, you know, is this actually not, you know, is this, like, someone like Bryson, could they, is it fair for them to be able to drive, like, almost up to the green or something like that? And pretty much all the old guys are, like, Nah, it's still super hard, but it's a decent question to ask about length in a course like this. I think there's a world where if Bryson is just absolutely in the zone and he's just hitting his driver the best he could absolutely hit it, he's going to make this course look really easy. But I think that what you can't see on TV is maybe how how intimidating and tight these fairways actually are, especially Mm. because I'm going to be a little blind. But I think to your point, I think the answer is that Yes, St. Andrews is a little bit of an outdated course, but it still proves to be an unbelievable test of golf because of the pieces that will never get old, like the bumps around the green and the putting and the chipping. And it doesn't matter how far you hit it. If you hit it in that one bunker, you have to pitch out sideways. So as we jump into some of the players we like this week, or what do you guys want to talk about? Yeah, let's go for it. Kenny, who you got? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I want to give you the stage again. People, are, a lot of people are talking about Rory this week. I mean, it seems like a lot of stuff's aligning for him to maybe you know bring one home finally after eight years of no majors. I think I have an encyclopedia as to why Rory is the pick here, but I'm, I'm but I'm not, I'm not, gonna, no, I'm not, but I'm not going to pick Rory. So I'm going to let you have the stage. I'll, I can, I can spout some facts off for you, but I'm going to let you have Rory this week. Well, my pick was Rory this week. I, I, I mean, I know it's the literally the the obvious pick, but I, I just feel I don't know. I'm a big like. I'm I'm kind of riding the narrative of him just being this kind of uh, you know leader for golf right now, and and all, everything's aligning, and people are kind of rooting for him, and he's kind of taking the mantle from, um, not taking the mantle from Tiger, but I, I from what I understand, Tiger is kind of like 
um, you know, Tiger, JT, Rory, and, and Spieth, and people are kind of, you know, been talking in the background a lot, but Rory's been taking a lot of the hit for, you know, being the, the spokesman for the PGA. And it, it just seems like narrative-wise, like how he's like, um, I mean, he's playing well, seven consecutive top 20s. He's, you know, if it's if weather's lining up for him for a birdie fest, Rory can really score. Um, you know, he's had success over here in the past, but I think that, you know, he, he hasn't won a major in eight, is it eight years? Since yeah, 2014, yeah. And it just seems like he's due, and this is the perfect time for him to be due. So I just, it's, you know, more of a gut feeling of someone that's, like I said, a legend in the 150th, you know, uh, version of this. It seems like it has to be somebody, you know, if, if I don't know, if uh, the Wayne Ordsby's of the world go out there and win, it's not going to feel. <laughs> Probably not going to feel. <laughs> we won't have That'd that. would be really yeah. bad. The aftertaste won't be great. It's not going to feel. I it. think you're onto something here because I think Rory's probably going to get off to a pretty hot start with just looking at his grouping that he's teeing off with. He's going with last year's winner, Morikawa. Oh, true. And yeah. then he's also playing with Xander. Last week's hot, winner. He had yeah. the hottest That's golfer on tour right now. Yeah. So you, I can just see Rory like having that fire from the start and really coming out hot and then see if he can hold on. I think that's a big thing that you overlook is yeah. who your grouping is Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, you know, and these are guys he knows, guys he likes, and then other, like, also very good golfers. I can see that group kind of, yeah, laying the world on fire. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good groupings yeah, let's talk about out there. Not, not to get away from who we're picking this week, but I think Tyler highlighted a couple that he really likes, and I couldn't agree more with him. He's got, I mean... What's you, your favorite group, Tyler? Yeah, I think the funniest one to me is you got the big hitters. You got the old school big hitter oh and the God. new school big hitter. You got going off at seven fifty two. You got John Daly, and then he's also with Bryson DeChambeau. Jesus. It's like what a crew! Did we ever think Tringale. we would see that? And then yeah, poor Tringali just on the side, just like watching these guys. That's like that's, I'll just be in awe if I was him. That is Bryson's future now that he's a live guy. Is he he's going to be John Daly. Cart? Is he going to be in a cart? I, I think so. he does usually get. I think a cart he does. He already yeah, allows, yeah, allows it. Bryson just jumps in the side for a little. Kicks him out, says, not Tringala, you're with me. He just got his little, like, cart. John Daly's got his little cart of freaking uh, Miller Lights with him and just kind of rolling through. That was funny, the picture today of all the past champions, and, like, there's one sore thumb that looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> with a red Arkansas. Big <laughs> Wait, what other pairings we got on here, Ty? Yeah, another one I really like uh, was at 10.09, teeing off. You got my boy Shane Lowry, your boy Victor Hovland, and then kind of, I'm not going to say everybody's boy, but everybody's, like, in JT um, interested to see how he bounces back last week yeah. after missing the cut, but that's another great group with lots of guys that we talk about week after week. So it'll be fun to see if Shane can bring a little bit of magic again. Yeah, I've been off Vic a little lately because he's literally dead last in the field <laughs> in certain categories. This is gonna be this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a really tough week for Vic to I think even make the cut. It's this course is just gonna demand such a such a really well rounded short game that Vic is just not gonna he's be able to make unless he's literally putting from the field. If he puts everywhere from inside fifty yards, he might have a chance. Yeah, yeah. I think one I'm most excited for is the Tiger uh, Fitzpatrick Homa group. I think it's just like yeah. a, just a, such an interesting like group of characters. And uh, somebody was talking about it earlier how. Uh, Homa came out and was like, all right, go- golf guys, we're cool. Uh, you're letting me play with Tiger Woods at the 150th Open at St. Andrews. Like, all's well <laughs> in the world. I don't really care what happens for me. Like, obviously he cares. But, and fits. That's an awesome. And, uh, yeah, and the guy just won the U.S. Open. I think that's a pretty, you know, electric pairing. And, you know, obviously everybody likes to see Tiger Woods out there. And, you know, he loves this course. So I think it's going to be a really fun group to, to see. Um, a question I, I kind of have now that we're talking about all the players is there is this tradition or, like, challenge that exists at St. Andrews, it's called the Jigger Challenge because there's the uh, Jigger Inn at, um, right off of mm-hmm. the 17th hole. So basically the challenge is Tell after you finish the 17th hole, you go into the inn and you drink as many beers as you want. You get you just as many you want. But you, what the rule is, you then have to beat your score. You have to drink more beers than what your score is kind of thing. So if you <laughs> wanted to, if oh you said, I'm going to shoot a par, that means you at least have to pound five beers real quick. 
So wait, do any people actually do this? People like if you're just out there playing, people have a hundred percent done it. Obviously, they're not going to do it in there. But I'm like Max Homa. I'm, obviously, I think John, <laughs> John Daly, Daly. John Daly clear in uh, what if and he, Shane Lowry. I think would have the clear advantage here. But what like, if John John Daly like is not going to make the cut and then he just, <laughs> just walks in, in, he just pulls a coke rack and just goes into the end, drinks like ten. But like I, like outside of those That's two obvious, cool. like who do you think would be able to just like blow this away and like how many do you think you would take like what, what would be the number you feel comfortable with you know drinking and going out and finish 18 so you have Seven. to you have to wait you have to be 18 is not like the hardest hole in the world though it's only like i think it's like 360 with a lot of roll guys drive the green pretty frequently it's also it's so like this course also has i think like six or seven holes that share share greens and then some of them fairways so one in 18 share to what is the largest fairway in like modern golf it's like 140 yards wide so it's like you can literally aim days left hit your little fade or whatever and if you don't hook it you're fine i'm gonna run it up on the green I'd say, if I could have, give me five. I'll take five you're, beers. You're confident you're going to get a par? I, I, well, After, at least and tie. We're gonna assume, at least tie the five. You assume you're, you gotta, I think you have to beat it. To what happens if you don't? What's the, what's you, the don't, you don't lose it. You, you just, you just lose. You just the beers are free then. How about that? If you, Maybe, if you I don't know if, if that's you, the if rule. If you don't beat your score, you have to pay for your group's beers. Yeah. Or something like that. I also wonder, like, it, let's assume you have to do it in like a reasonable time, like for like a ready to play kind of situation. Like, you just like, you just have to pound eight beers real quick and just go right out there in 15 minutes. I just think it's. I love that. That's the thing that yeah, they actually cool. do. And it's like the culture out there for golf is just so different. Good thing drafts have like thirty percent carbonation, thirty percent <laughs> less carbonation than cans. This place just looks like just the smallest little country in I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's just everything like in St. Andrews is just it's adorable. It's old. It's just like I mean we have to do it. It's like a, it's one of the best golf places in the in the world. Absolutely. I want to jump back real quick before we move on from our picks. We'll get the rest of them, but I also want to talk about. I think with Rory. I think that we talked about, like I said, with Bryson. Like, I think Bryson can just obliterate this course, but I think of an even better driver of the golf ball is Rory. So if Rory's having a good day with his driver, it's going to be unbelievable the kind of places he's in. Um, I think Rory's wedge game can definitely elude him from time to time, so that's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, But I really like Rory's short game and putting this week. I know we've talked about this before, and I always defend him to the death with his putting. But when Rory gets hot putting, he really is unbelievable. And these are course, this is these are greens that aren't going to run crazy fast, right? So you're really it's going to be all about being kind of convicted to your line and uh, really trying to make them. Tyler, who are you picking this week? You know he's been so close in every major this year. I'm thinking this is the time he's going to break through. I've got Will Zalatoris winning. Um, another little scare that he missed the cut last week. I'm not sure if he's just getting used to the conditions, what it may be, but he seems like he's a big game player. Um, I'm thinking Zalatoris is coming big out player? here. Big player. Yeah, plus 2,600. I mean, that's such great value for a guy that's just competing in every major. So I think this is the time he's going to break that's out. What's right? his stat? He's that's like, right. I think he's like seven of 10 top 10s in his first 10 majors. That's unbelievable. He had like one DQ or whatever like that. But his yeah, his performance in the majors is unbelievable. Yeah, something maybe worth noting. I, I believe last year, um, uh, Colin Morikawa missed the cut the week before and then came out and won. So there you go. We're on the Maybe the missed cut's not a big deal for him. Yeah, these guys are trying to clear their head. I don't know. They're, they're somewhat committed to the Scottish Open, but they also are like, if I miss the cut and, you know, if, if things start going south, I'm not going to I'm not gonna care too much to get to head straight to St. Andrews. I think the other thing about Will that isn't talked about, well, it's talked about a lot is his ball striking, right? But when you play in the wind, and the winds aren't supposed to be super high this week, um, but the most important thing to do when you play in the wind is to hit the ball dead solid. And nobody in the game really 
strikes their irons better than Will Zalatoris. I think he's pretty good at fighting them, but it's going to be really important to be absolutely dead perfect with your strikes this week. Yeah, the other worry I have with him is if these wins do pick up and he brings that putter back nice and slow, if it's going to be blowing blowing his putter head back and forth. Luckily, it's a massive putter. There's also a real risk that he just gets blown over because he's a twist. (laughs) He is pretty true. I mean, people are saying that, like, I, I mean, I don't know if this is, Right or not, but like 16, 18 under, almost, you know, 20 under. Yeah, Faldo wanted 18 under and was a little wet like you know, two decades ago. It yeah. absolutely happened. I mean, so you're looking, to, you're looking for guys that can go out there and string multiple rounds of 66, 65. I mean, with, you know, one bad, kind of one bad round can kind of sink you here. So and all those Alatoris is putting you know, to he, us is disgusting from inside three feet. He's like led the tour or top five on the tour the past few weeks from like 10 to 30 feet. So I think that, and that's like going to be your birdie range on most of these holes. So I could totally see him like absolutely destroying this place. That's why I like that pick because he's a very consistent guy in big game, you know, in the big, in the big tournament. So it feels like he's a guy who could string together those, those rounds in the sixties. Consistently coming in second. For Will, I'd like to see him good for every golfer in the world. (laughs) You have seen him like not struggle in Sundays, but like people that are like, he doesn't quite have that like fire in his belly to go out and get it on Sunday. Sunday. So I like it if a, if a Sunday turns hard and he's up toward the top of the leaderboard, I like to see him kind of outlast in the field. Yeah. Tully, who's your pick? Ken talked about it a little bit. How it feels like it's got to be a legend. It's got to be someone. So I had no You're choice. I had no it. choice but to go with the GOAT. I know Jack Nicholas is playing. The man, the, le- the, man, the myth, the legend, yeah, Tiger Jordan's Woods. <laughs> I know he's a bit of a long Tom shot Brady? at plus 6,500, but it really does feel like it's going to be one of those those kind of weeks where it's it ha- has that storybook sort of thing. Decent value. I mean, yeah, I saw earlier in the week he was, I think, like plus 9,000, and then obviously people bet on him. But um, I think, you know, he's on record many times, including like today that, you know, this is his favorite place in the world golf wise. You know, he loves the course. It is like we mentioned earlier, a little bit warmer than, um, seasonably there. So it's good for his you know legs and back and every bionic piece of him. I meant to make one comment on that. I was watching that, uh, like champion golfer event they had mm-hmm. where they were pairing like, you know, people with disabilities, like champion disability Which golfers. It was a really but, cool event. Uh, it was funny because like the whole people, everybody in the group had pants on and then Shane was just rocking shorts because he's like, <laughs> this is hot. Like 75, 80 degrees is like, this is <laughs> shorts for him. For him yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, but, but Tiger said he could actually walk, I mean, what much less actual huge hills here. Compared yeah, to like it, it, he said it's, still, you know, it's still a tough walk because he is, you know, walking five miles, whatever, you know, it actually is to walk the course, but it's a lot flatter than, you know, Augusta and Southern Hills, you know, significantly. Well, significantly, like, it's, like it's, 5% as much incline yeah, as those places. It is, yeah. is so, you know, much more tolerable for him and it's a little less toll on that leg. Um, so it's, you know, seems a little bit more reasonable for him as well as, you know, he has been off for a while and he, in theory, and I think he said it, you know, how much, you know, take that with a grain of salt that he hasn't been able to get stronger and everything. So, Call it wishful thinking, but I, I got to back him. I want to be a part of that storyline when he wins. I was watching the like uh, the golf channel. They were talking about, like, will Tiger retire after this? And I was like, that's the biggest BS I've ever heard. He came life. out aggressively and said no. Yeah, that's so stupid. Like, yeah. well, that's just, like, such speculation. Like, will he wave on the bridge and walk away? Like, this guy's not retiring. I mean, it would be picturesque. You mean 20 years, yeah. 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 Hey, I think this may be the last time we see him at this course, and I think you know, that's why he wanted to play this. Like he said in, in multiple interviews already as well, that, like, when he – started playing golf, his whole goal was to be able to play in this tournament, like Augusta and the PGA. Like, that was kind of like, okay, this is great. I'm glad I'm getting the experience, but this is what he's been working for. So 
you know, when Tiger puts his mind to something, he seems to achieve it. So we're going for it. Yeah, I'm kind of us. So I heard. So Tiger's actually been playing a ton of golf this week. He yeah. went over, right? He didn't. Yeah. He didn't play in the Scottish. He's. I think he played something like 54 holes this last Friday into today. Uh, and one of the nines he played, I saw he just took a wedge and a putter with him. Mm-hmm. He played like, like 18 with like JT at yep. some or something. So I'm like, I'm really waiting for Tiger to kind of come out of this, like you know, his time off and really to start showing the parts of his game that really kind of uh, separated him from everyone else, and that was like putting and chipping. Right, yeah. it was Tiger's short game and Tiger's putting. Tiger could hit it all over the map, recover well, hit a good shot, iron shot from time to time. But his short game and putting were unbelievable—the best the world's ever seen. I'm really excited for that to kind of come back out. Yeah, we're gonna see it. So, tell you got a couple other guys you're looking for here. Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, we're not a hith podcast, but you know, you you got <laughs> <Why not>? <laughs> this guy gets in here after Daniel Flippenberger, one of Ken's boys, withdraws due to you know this back injury. Maybe every player I like has back. Paul Casey. Paul Casey's still in the field, but he will not play. Yeah, There's for no now. way he's playing. Oh my guys, Vic's struggling. <laughs> Jeez, man, I got a curse on me here. Yeah, but you know, it feels like it, you know, kind of like Will Zalatoris. Obviously, a little different, but he's been real close in so many tournaments this year, and it's just kind of he's a very likable guy, and just you just kind of want to see him win. So it's just one of those guys I want to root for. Realistically, do I think it's going to play out? No, but I, I'd love to see it. It'd be it'd make me happy. And he's yeah, plus eleven thousand. Just throw a couple bucks, see what happens. Uh, the other one I do like is uh, Robert McIntyre. Even though his odds are lower than your actual pick. Yeah, I get it. He's plus 6,000 versus 6,500, whatever. But you know, he's one of only like a handful of you know, Scotsmen in the field. At the age of 25, he has played in this tournament a couple times and finished T6 and T8 in both of those. Uh, so That's you got to nice feel nice you got to kind of feel like it's, you know, you know, Shane Lowry when he won at, you know, in Ireland kind of thing, getting that same sort of vibe. I think, you know, we could see something similar and at the very least, you know, a nice like top 10 finish for this guy. I mean, I've been I've been following Rob for a few years because I think yeah he's one of the very few lefties on the DP World Tour, and I always like I always think about Dub when I see these guys, and I like love following them. But he's got that kind of game where he doesn't hit the ball super far, but his decision making and then his creativity around the golf course are unbelievable. I mean, there's a reason T six T eight in his first two Open Championships. That's like unheard of stuff. The guy plays really well in the wind. Um, I, I think it's a great long shot pick. Lots of value. So Ben, did you officially make a pick, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know the odds, but I know who I'm picking, and I got a reason too. I got a really good feeling this week about Jordan Spieth. I, I think love we've it. had I a love it. We've oh, had I love a, it. We've had a month or two. The chest here. We've had a month or two of Jordan kind of being like hot and cold. But I tell you, when he started off the year, I just saw a different Jordan, and I think he's hitting the ball really well off the tee. He's got his club in like the perfect slot. I think he has so much control over his game. He didn't. He played really well actually last week in the Scottish. Kind of had like a bad final day as the winds got kind of ridiculously windy. Um, but then when I think about what wins at this course, I think Jordan has gained enough yardage to be long enough off the tee to compete. But I don't think anyone in the world has a better short game in putting when Jordan's on than him. So I just really look for him to kind of be all over the place this week, making some crazy up and downs, and then just draining 30-footers like it's nothing. I love that pick. And, you know, obviously everybody no knows that's really? my boy. Everyone knows that he's definitely But he was a father. I got your boy. Ken's like, got my boy. He was yeah, a father. I, I'm now a hundred... he's, you know, he's motivated as a father. <laughs> Hey Ken, nice to hear from you. Where you been for the last four weeks? Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely putting Jordan on my uh, my bet slip when I make my pilgrimage up to Pennsylvania to put in my major bets. Like it, Ben. Okay, so I had I had I had an interesting question here. I know we uh, we don't generally like want to talk about live, but I have a question. Like, if one of these live guys wins this, what does it mean for golf? I, I think it's an interesting I question. Think it's bad. I think it's bad. I think it's bad for golf. I don't think it's great. I would definitely concur with that. At least not great for golf as we know it, because it would almost not justify a normal, but it would just kind of like put them in a spotlight where like, because this, this person is called the champion golfer of the year. It's the last major, all that kind of stuff. You'd have to sit on that for 
eight, nine months or whatever before the Masters again, where they, they're just the last person to win a major. I think it's going to, that'd be hard for the PGA Tour to swallow. I just feel like if, if a guy from Liv wins, all they're going to talk about is Liv the entire time. Yeah. Like, on, like on Sunday, if it's like a guy from Liv winning, they're going to be like, could a Liv guy win? It's going to take over almost everything, and it's going to take away from just like the, I don't know, the camaraderie and the kind of, you know, history of the of the day. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be interesting but it's not going <laughs> to be interesting. I thought the ghosts were interesting. <laughs> but it's not going to be, it's just going to be more, I think it's going to be repetitive and annoying. That's just my opinion. I agree. Uh, the coverage, the coverage, I guess. So I'm going to take the ultimate, like, I'm more mature than what Liv thinks I am and say that I don't mind if a Liv golfer wins this event. I just want to see the best golfer win this event. And that's what I think is the most important thing about golf. Yeah. It, I guess it, I was thinking more of the coverage of it. It would be annoying. But, I think that yeah. Liv will, like, you're only going to hear about it from Liv media outlets. It's like, oh my God, we have the champion golfer of the world playing on our tour, but you won't hear it anywhere else. But if DJ yeah. goes out here and shoots 24 under and the next closest is 11 it. He under, deserves it, I want to see him win. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think these guys are blackballed in my mind. I don't appreciate the decision they make. Like Tiger talks about kind of, you know, turning your back on the organization that kind of created the whole entire thing. But if these guys go out and play good golf, I want to see them win. Well, I, I, heard, I was reading a thing today, and it was basically saying this, is, this could be the last. I think you talked about this maybe. This is the, it could be the last time ever not ever but in the next five to ten years maybe that all the best golfers in the world are in the same tournament this could yeah. be yeah that's I, a great point and that's because, what to that point. masters could ban people like you know people could get disqualified over the next year and like for, for right now there's kind of like a wait and see thing but this could be the last time that someone like brooks kepka and dustin johnson are actually playing with you know the roaring speed to that point though if a live you know member was to win I feel like it would almost kind of force their hand to like let those guys keep playing in the majors. I, don't know, maybe. To some, I mean, like, do you really think the RNA is going to be like, yeah, we don't want the defending champion here next year? Maybe just the defending champion. But it, but it, like, how does that work? Yeah, I don't like, think it, you could. You yeah. couldn't just say you're allowed in, but no one else is yeah, allowed it in. It becomes really well, iffy. I, like, I mean, if everyone, everyone from Liv's band, except for this guy that happened to win it, well, like, it's. Yeah. I, I'm just when saying, they have, this could be a, like I mean, this could be a bigger deal as far as like a like a fracture like that that happens. That's I mean, Liv could just be integrated and be fine, or it could really fracture for the next five years. We don't know. Yeah. Well, and so the important news this week was that like we've heard rumors of the Department of Justice investigating yeah. the PGA investigating the PGA Tour on antitrust, you know, violations. I think it's it's not from, the first time. But. Yeah, from what I've heard too, like referring to other cases and other sports, like this thing might not hold that much weight. But it's like we are now living in this reality where it looks like <laughs> living, living, living <laughs> right? Where live actually is like making a play. They're you know they're 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 going to sue the PGA Tour. Their players are making a ton of money. It's like I don't think it's sustainable, but it's here and it's it's alive. Yeah. It's a live. I, I was listening to um, live. I know we're we're going to go to the next segment here, but I was listening to another golf pod, Fairway Rolling, which is a cool podcast on the Ringer, and the, they just they just call it Live Fifty Four. They don't even say Live. They just call That's it funny. The, they call it the Fifty Four. The Fifty <laughs> So, what is your guys? What's your favorite? part about the open championship is it the style of golf is it the waking up early with nothing else to do is it the seeing guys also like that aren't necessarily mainstream like maybe shane lowry wasn't on everyone's radar before he won in 2019 seeing these guys that are amazing at this type of golf kind of ascend to the top what's your favorite piece of it for me it's all it's definitely the history aspect of it like it's that that classic and the different in the culture that you see there it just it just feels more genuine a lot of times like I was listening to something earlier, and they pointed out how, like, at the the Open in St. Andrews, these courses, and it's, like, super just welcoming. Like, in, like St. Andrews is closed every Sunday. Like, they just don't don't golf at all at that course. You take your dogs you, Yeah, course. it becomes basically a giant dog park where everyone's just running around. Dogs are off-leash. They're just 
try to keep them off the greens is the rule. Would you fucking imagine a country club doing that? Exactly. Like, not a chance. Yeah, and then you look at, you look at again, shit everywhere. a amazing course that is Augusta National that, like, they don't let you see it. Like, you, you can't, they, they, it's like blacked out over Google Maps, right. all that kind of stuff. And it's just that, that, no, it's not actually, but it's just an exaggeration. Um, but it's just that, that difference in culture and how it feels. Like, I remember, like, Shane Lowry went and, like, everyone's running up the um, feeling. And we've seen that a couple of times, like, East Lake and stuff like that. It just feels different uh, in a way that, you know, it's just kind of heartwarming. It's also, like, an aspect to golf over there that, like, you get mad, but then like you just forget about it because not only where you're golfing is amazing, you're kind of like engulfing yourself in this like historic yeah. sport, yeah. and you know you just really are in more. You're more out there to enjoy the game and not so worried about the score, right? I think that's like kind of the big division between the historic side of golf and then maybe what like the Americanized side of golf is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's interesting to like we look at it from the American side is like we have you know three of the four majors and like. You know, the Masters is like the best tournament in the world, but I would imagine that everyone over there thinks that St. Andrew, like the Open is actually mm-hmm. the best tournament in the world and like the Masters is second. Like Leaps I'm just, and bounds, absolutely. You know, I'm just, so it's like but the, the perspective of, of, you know, the American identity of, of just kind of like, oh, the, it used to be called the British Open, but now it's not called the British Open anymore. And like we kind of see it as the second thing. A lot of people see it as the second thing, but, I, you know, it's, it's so clearly the first thing for all of them. So, yeah, I mean it's like I said, it's it's different. It's that history. I one thing I like is the 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 weird times though. I don't know if I love it, but I I remember some time some years just like randomly waking up or like still being up for the first tee time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean one thirty it's going to start on Thursday morning, so you're probably going to be up. super early. To yeah. yeah, and it's just kind of cool. Like I know I, like Colin's super big on waking up early and stuff. Like I'm not always super big on waking up for them, but it's just fun. You get a text from someone at like three. You don't like to wake up early? No, I don't. <laughs> what? I, I don't agree. But like someone will get a text in the text room like two a.m. Colin's like, all right, up. I'm yeah <laughs> like that's fun just to start start really early yeah tyler what do you appreciate most about this kind of golf yeah i love when the conditions get challenging that they have to play and i think it's not that i like to see the golfers struggle it's like i just love to see the creativity that they end up coming out with you really kind of see that separation of some of these elite yeah. golfers with what they can do in some of those conditions and i mean you don't always get it but when the winds pick up and you just see what these guys are doing to shape their shots, cutting it through the wind, whatever it may be. I think that's a pretty special event that you get that out here at the open. It's entertaining television. And to that note, it's like, this is the only time of year where they don't complain about it when they make them play through those conditions. Well, Spe- Speeth will complain. <laughs> no, no. no not about the conditions. one that complains a lot about, no, like, the Honda Classic. He's done complaining. Like no, those course setups are bullshit. Ah, oh, yeah, I get it. You love Rory. But, yeah, but it's, they, they, they love that aspect of it, and that it's the only time of year where they like appreciate golf for what it is, regardless of what's yeah. happening. There's something deeper there too. Is like golf is not always about like how low you can go. It's about like who has the most how mental fortitude, right? And watching these guys play. I mean, I can attest to this. Is like when my wife and I went to the Open, we're literally sitting in the stands, full rain suits and umbrellas, and we're not even looking up, because if we look up, we'll get soaked. And we're like, they must have stopped playing. It's like, no, they didn't stop playing. They're still playing. Yeah. <laughs> ben, what about you? What's your prepared aspect? Oh, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I love everything you guys have said, but the getting up early thing for me is like, it just feels like it's this peaceful time when no one's up, and you can just like enjoy a sport that is so old and has so much tradition that no one, no one there, no one's there to bother you. You know, you just got, you got some unbelievable world class players. I know it's because of where we live, but it's just like at three a.m. Nobody's up. I got nothing else to do except for enjoy some amazing golf. Y'all think I can get my like hours in for work from like three a.m. to <laughs> that be eleven good? and just call it a day or whatever? Get some emails. What time are the leaders going to be teeing off on uh, Sunday then? So like, hey, uh, like probably like uh, one or two a.m. So eight a.m. our time. Not too bad. Yeah. Eight or nine a.m. Yeah. 
Perfect, actually. A perfect time for for a teacher to wake up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of. <laughs> All right, that does it for our open coverage. We got a couple other things this week, though. So let's go ahead and chat about our, our big scramble coming up. Uh, we haven't had a scramble yet. Well, I guess the group hasn't. Telly's had like five, but the details. The big players haven't had a scramble all year. This is see, uh, this is the important tournament of the week. We are. I mean, I'm just uh, super excited for it. I've my been, first hashtag. My first tournament. I guess I've probably played like 35 <laughs> rounds this year. Christmas ornament put on a tree next year. But nothing yeah. has got me as excited as this. Like, and especially not having Dub, getting mm. to fill him in with Kenny. Like oh, seeing Kenny good. playing his first scramble is going to be so much fun for me. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited for this. This is one we're actually. So what's the plan? Tell us the plan. Oh no, we're coming in as defense. Champions at the, uh, this one. Where is I have no idea. What course is it? It's no at the idea. Links of Gettysburg, right, so we're good. playing a little Link style in honor of the Open. Well, Ken has to tee off first. Oh, yeah. Ken's 100% tee off first. It's going to be great. So, the best it, player usually tees off first. Is there hundreds game. of spectators or is it shotgun start? Hundreds of spectators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it might actually be on YouTube. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll live yeah, stream live it for you. Yeah, okay, cool. Make sure everyone gets to see your first tee Walk me through the day. So, do you understand the concept of a scramble? I understand that I'm paying. We played on the golf trip, right? I'm paying hundred dollars to watch Ben score pretty low <laughs> and drink alcohol. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. you get the putt on eighteen holes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, every par four that's under three fifty, like we're going to be on the green, so that's going to be great. Walk me through the day. All right, so I believe the uh, standard schedule for us here is going to be we'll be picking you up bright and early, Ken, like ten a.m. Yeah, no, that's pretty. That's a good time. All right, you're good with that. Can you make yeah. a shower squeezed in there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you don't like to wake up early, but ten a.m. and we're going to head up to uh, four score in uh, Gettysburg. Uh, so we'll that's get a, there. They open up at 11. Four score and 19 under a go. Yeah. Yeah. Abe, Lincoln. Yeah. Abe Lincoln once owned it. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Precisely. He's a big beer guy. Descendants. Yeah. Uh, which they have great food. You'll you'll love it. Okay. And then we'll be there for like three hours or so. And then Oh, hit. that'll be good for my guy. It'll <laughs> yeah. build it up the confidence. A yeah, a little, nice little sweet. If we can shoot 19 under after doing it last year, we can do it again this yeah. year. We can do this. Right. And then after that, we go over. They give you a bunch of drink tickets. So we get like 12 well, before, more beers. Before we leave, we're there. We're, we're getting one of the TVs changed to the open. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We're putting in a ton of final round bets. Yeah, Wait, should we, make a, should we make a bet right now to say... What if what our score versus the winner of the open? Which one's going to be? Oh, that's a great question. I, like that. I love. I think that. probably. I think the open. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got nineteen. I'm going to take the boys. I'm going to take the boys. I think the boys are coming out shooting seventeen under. The winner of the open is going to be fifteen. I think my prediction of DJ shooting twenty four. You watch. It's just something. But you're taking Jordan. Yeah, I know, but I think DJ's going to we'll see Jordan's if Jordan's going to be Fandle can boost that for the big players. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get big players only boosted. <laughs> yeah, Fandle put that up for us. Sport again. bets, yeah. yeah. okay. But yeah, we'll get after that we'll head over to the course and tee, tee off it is a shotgun start around 2 for you. We'll probably be 1A, probably be first TA. It's yeah. usually where they put the best players. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're kind Defending of champs. Team. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you'll we'll just kind of play 18. It's a great time. Yeah, we'll wear live golf polos. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love All that right. golf course. I'm really excited to go. But I haven't been yeah. back to. I think I've only maybe been back to this golf course once, and we played, played it since we played a few times. Up it's there. a really great golf course. Uh, so you so uh, it's it's a scramble. <laughs> it's a, is it a is it a Florida scramble or just a regular? Is it just well, every single shot. every single shot is a scramble? Okay, got it. Every single shot. Wow. Yeah. So it's usually a lot of fun. How it's usually very frustrating too because like you're like you get like <laughs> ten or fifteen feet away and nobody makes the putt and you're like like you gotta like move on to the next hole. But yeah. they do sell mulligans. Do we get yeah, power we make sure balls? Power, power balls, balls yeah. mulligans, they sell all that stuff. Ken, are you familiar with the power ball? Uh, well, I've played Mario uh, Golf, and I understand that power-ups do exist. No, we're not. <laughs> we're just not tapping A like 100 times to make the ball spin a little bit more. Wait, so you can pick. I, I'm actually, I have no idea. You, I, I assume it's some sort of advantage. 
Precisely. Yeah, so what you can do is you can pay for a Powerball, which allows you to tee off from the red tees. Oh, my so if you God. So if you pay Imagine 20, the red, you can pay tees, 20 the bucks. The forward tees, yeah, pay, not the ladies' tees. Pay 20 bucks, maybe get a Powerball and three mulligans or something, and then you save Ben for a par five, and then we're chipping in from 100 yards. Oh, man, the Powerballs are great. Oh, man, that's exciting. Yeah, um, it's fun stuff. And then Ben typically wins a long drive, except for last week in league play. Shout out me. Here we go. Um and then there's also a close so to the ben, pin for you. Did Ben miss the fairway? He did. He only had me by like 15 yards, but I hit the fairway. So That's a long 15 yards. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. I mean, I, I will say, you know, having played a lot of scrambles with Ben, you know, this year at the golf trip, the first six holes or so, we did use like two of my shots. So, I, you know, I feel I For feel all of our listeners that don't know yet, so we go on our golf trip, we usually have one day where we try to find like a mid-low-level course, and we do either two or four-man scrambles. Yeah. And it's usually, when it's two, it's always me and Ken. We're like the original one-and-eight-ranked yeah. players. Those those scramble days are so much fun. I, I mean, my we're three wood like in the six beers and nine. It's so much fun. <laughs> we did we did three wood driver. We had the driver after the three wood because I hit my three wood in the middle of the fairway, then bend a driver off the deck. Yeah, oh my god, that par five is like six hundred yards. Three wood driver pitch putt putt par. <laughs> par. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Well, I'm excited. Well, I mean, next week reporting back on this is going to be fun. So. So I guess in other news, uh, the PGA Tour competes at the Barracuda Championship. Uh, you know, it's just not an event anyone's probably going to watch, but it's an interesting scoring event, right? It's an off week where everyone's going to be at the major, so the the field's not going to be that talented at the Barracuda, but it's a stable for scoring, kind of like we saw at the American Century. So walk us through the scoring, Tully. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with it, basically instead of we're keeping track of, oh, you're three under, five under, whatever, you're getting points in a positive. You want the high score here. So if you get a double eagle, which would be three strokes under par, you're going to get eight points. Eagle, five points. A birdie's two points. Par is just nothing. And then you lose points for a bogey or a double bogey or worse. So kind of the beauty of this is that it actually kind of encourages you to take a little extra risks because, you know, a bogey, you know, is only minus one versus the birdie is plus two. So, you know, it's kind of like a little bit evens out there if that risk pays off. So you might kind of see some fun shots here. And conveniently, because this is happening, you know, over here in the States, it, you'll be able to tune in and watch this and just watch a full day of golf because the open's going to be like, done by yeah, two 20 o'clock. hours of golf. Yeah, yeah, you'll just be able to sit there all day and probably get yelled at by somebody that doesn't love you. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> Wait so why have we never played this at the golf trip? This is a lot more work. a little bit hard to keep track of, yeah. What? Just a hair. Well, because we would fun. usually, because to make it competitive, we'd have to do net stable for it as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd Where it's like, good. if you got a bogey, but you actually got a par, you get points for par. It's a little complicated. That'd be a good character in a golf movie. Net Stableford. Net Stableford. Ned Stableford. Ned Stableford. Yeah, that's good. Oh, so this is pretty. Exactly what you're going to enter the open as? Yes. Ned Stableford. Yes. 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 I was going to say, like, you talk about people kind of, it, it fuels aggression because it's like, it really pays off to get birdies over. Like, you know, you could go birdie, bogey, bogey, and you'd be at zero. So that's one over par, but if you, versus if you went par, 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 you'd be even. So you're like, your actual score would be better if you were playing regular, but in Stableford, you actually get more points for playing like over par, right? Yeah, you just have to have more five, birdies. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a really good par five finishing up actually on this back nine. It's like very much one of those risk reward kind of over the junk par fives. And these guys, you're going to see like a dozen eagles on Sunday because guys are trying to chase down the lead. Yeah, and I mean, it's notable. You know, there have been some major winners that have won here, like Colin Morikawa and Gary Woodland. They've, you know, some names we've seen in the last few years win majors. So you, you may see someone that comes out of here because they will get that PGA Tour card still. They're not going to go to the Masters or anything, but they're going to be on the PGA Tour yeah. for the next two years, guaranteed. So Yeah, shout out see. to Colin's boy, Eric Van Rooy and EVR, yeah. one here as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it's... Another one, you know, you're maybe not going to watch all the holes, but it'll be some fun stuff, some fun highlights. Where is this? I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't even know if it's in the States. It might be on an island. I don't know. Where are a lot of barracudas? Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Where's Where's Barracuda? Barracuda Is Barracuda another type of shaving cream? (laughs) 
<laughs> you might know them for their shaving cream. Well, I guess on that note. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us today. That's it. Uh, look forward to the open this week. If you're waking up early, you want to shout us out on Instagram, feel free. If you haven't yet, make sure you follow us at Big Players Only Pod, and make sure you follow our presenting sponsor at Four Craft Cocktails, best transfusion on the market. Seven percent now, baby. Upgraded to seven percent. That really gets you going. Thanks for being here, everyone.